Welcome to the Lovecraft Tales, a brief fictional interlude to tide you over until the next episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Enjoy. A slinky black shadow moves silently along the fence line at 42 East Arkham, flirting with the late afternoon light that slants through the trees above. When it reaches the corner, there is a pool of sun. It sprawls in the short-cropped grass, purring, absorbing the heat. It naps. In the dream, it hears a name being called. A familiar name. Her name. Ripley. The cat starts awake, green eyes blinking slowly as she realizes the sun has moved lower and she's now cooling in the shade. Time to patrol. Languidly, she stands and stretches both back legs, then gives her entire body a forceful shiver. Her old bones creak, but the blood stirs obediently. She sniffs the air. Something on the pre-twilight wind entices, causing saliva to drool from her upper lip. Her eyes sharpen, and she begins to trot slowly away from the house, one fang poking out in anticipation. Across other lawns, weaving through discarded children's toys, abandoned playgrounds. She hears the clink of dinner plates being cleared. Sometimes she can procure a scrap at certain households, if she meows pitifully at the back door and blinks her eyes seductively up at one of the occupants. She's acquired rare steak bits, grilled shrimp tails, and once, a jalapeno deviled egg. More often than not, she's answered with a door being closed swiftly in her face. She doesn't like closed doors. Her unnaturally shortened tail stub tingles, as if in response to some forgotten memory from her kittenhood. No, closed doors are definitely a bad thing. But this evening, she ignores the allure of dinnertime refuse and focuses instead on the strange scent wafting through the air, pulling her forward toward Blaine Manor. Of course, Ripley doesn't know it is Blaine Manor, but rather a regular stop on her nightly patrol. Beyond a thin patch of woods, there is a great green expanse of lush, fragrant grasses leading up to the house. She takes her time strolling past the dilapidated well, relishing the sound of early crickets chirping all around. A lazy butterfly flaps dangerously close, and she cannot help but leap at it, spurred by a deep-seated animal instinct to hunt but narrowly misses the capture. She gives chase for a few yards, then loses interest. The odor is becoming stronger the closer she gets to where the humans live. She moves on. She finds it beneath a tree, the stiffened corpse of an orange-breasted bird with dried blood on its beak, eyes eaten to hollow, staring holes by little white, wriggling worms. Almost tenderly, Ripley nuzzles the fallen creature and prepares to nip at a wing. The smell is tantalizingly weird. She knows what a dead bird should smell like, taste like. This one is different. As she lowers her head, a movement from within the throat of the dead bird captures her attention. It pulses vaguely, and there is the sound of scrabbling insects scritching along broken cartilage. Suddenly, a rift appears at the base of the neck and yawns wider towards the legs until the breast is entirely exposed and Ripley can see inside the robin. 
Something slick and glimmering moves inside. Her curiosity brings her closer, pupils ratcheting wider, almost eclipsing her emerald orbs until she can see in the half-light. It is nothing she's ever encountered before. As it slithers from within, her hackles immediately rise, stiff black hair spiking as if she's been pumped full of electricity. A deep, menacing growl rumbles in her throat. She takes one step backward. A gray-white tentacle erupts from the robin's carcass, lashing out at her. But she is too fast, already loping away in the direction of downtown, where the odors are more familiar, safe. One of the line cooks at the tapas restaurant smokes on his break, sitting on the back stoop and finishing a plate of bacon-wrapped dates. He knows Ripley well, and in exchange for a pinch of bacon, she'll allow him to pet her for a few strokes. No more, however, since she's off to explore other opportunities. The dumpster outside the donut shop brims with discarded pastries. She leaps up onto the soft pile of plastic bags, chooses one, then tears a hole through, which she nibbles at a half-eaten bagel with cream cheese that has started to curdle. Behind the bookstore, a family of mice gathers bits of paper and other detritus, dragging it inside an old vented window leading to the basement. Ripley squats behind a cardboard box a few feet away, short tail twitching anxiously as she watches the oblivious rodents. There is very little color in her eyes now, just a deep, black pit into which light is swallowed. Her instincts urge her to pounce, but she does not. Not tonight, not yet, for now she is content to spy. She finds a day-old taco fish wrapper lingering at the mouth of a sewer grate. It has been crinkled into a ball, now a fragrant toy for her amusement. She bats it between her two front paws like a feline soccer player, down the darkened street from lamppost to lamppost. At the mouth of an alley, between the five and dime and the drugstore, she comes to a dead stop. The wrapper rolls away, now forgotten. She's heard a familiar noise. Straining her ears, she takes a step forward. There it is again. Ripley. The name is familiar. It is her name, but she does not recognize the voice. Still, the word has the power to draw her attention. She pads cautiously into the alleyway. Clean streets and neat concrete give way to slippery brick cobblestones, a remnant of Arkham past. Moisture glistens on the stone, making each step treacherous. Rankness perfumes the air like bulging garbage bags left to rot in the sun until they burst with spoilage. Overhead, rusted fire escapes hang precariously by crooked bolts sunk deep into moss-covered walls. A constant, rhythmic drip, drip, drip echoes throughout the narrow passage. She turns one corner and the next, seeking the source of the voice as it repeats, Ripley. Then she arrives at a dead end, a blank wall of brick upon which have been fastened flapping fragments of advertisements, punk rock bands, lost pets, and strip clubs. To her they mean nothing except this is a place of last resort, a hidden spot where unspoken transactions occur on a nightly basis. There is nothing here for her. Yet, an air of anticipation surrounds the location. Ripley sits and waits. It does not take long. 
She watches as the wall begins to dissolve, replaced by an opaque fog that swirls with a blue-green light emitting from beyond. A figure stands there, half-hidden in shadow. Come, Ripley, he says quietly in a kind voice. She does not know this human, but she trusts him without knowing why. We've got work to do. Eagerly, she trots forward and rubs against his leg, purring loudly. He reaches down to scratch the tip of her chin, exactly where she likes it. Let's go, the man whispers. They'll need our help soon. He turns and strides deeper into the blinding fog. Ripley follows, unquestioning. The wall behind them closes again, stoically keeping their pact a secret.